Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Okay, so this is the brochure that they're talking about. But I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about this with you today because I think that there's some of you that are a little bit newer. And people often ask me, what's your process? How do I get involved? How do I get connected to Windsor Christian Fellowship? How do I join you? How do I become a member? Becoming a member is really easy. Just, you guys got to watch me for the jokes today. Yes, that was a joke. Contrary to the narrative that goes out there in the culture, people come into the guest room and they say, is it really true? You have to pay money to come here? No, you don't have to pay money to come. There's no membership fees. There's no dues. It's not a health club. We have a process here at the church. And they talked about the Encounter Weekend, and some of you don't even know what an Encounter Weekend is. So I want to take a few minutes. I want to go over kind of the core foundation of our vision, which is winning, connecting, empowering, and growing, okay? That's our vision statement, but the application of that is the process. And realistically, what you need to know is an encounter weekend is designed for you to come in on a Friday, and you don't even have to leave till Sunday morning if you don't want to. Some people like to go home to sleep, but you can stay here. We'll give you an air mattress and your plugs. But um, it's designed for you to come in and receive from God for 48 hours. And sometimes I find that you know, you go out in the culture, did anyone come in from a busy life? Did anyone have a busy week? Did, was there lots of things going on in your life this week? Did anyone face some situations, some circumstances, or, or all of you are just holy and life is great? <laughs> See, sometimes we come in and we're kind of, we're trying to get in God's presence. And we, you know, we worship, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We come into the presence of God. And the ministry of the word will go forth. I'm going to teach from the scriptures. I'm going to teach the word. And hopefully, at some point, the barriers between you receiving from God around your heart, the protective things that we put in place, come down. The distractions go away, you focus, the word goes in and starts working in your heart to produce change. On an encounter weekend, it's like a year of Sundays, because your walls go down Friday night and they don't have a chance to go back up again until Sunday morning. So God does a lot of work in our heart and he transforms us and he changes us. And sometimes people get a lot of healing, a lot of freedom, a lot of revelation. Some people just get refreshed. But encounters are a good thing. So I want to encourage you, if you think you can go or if you're planning to go or if you're wondering all about it, just sign up and come. We even feed you. <laughs> so the encounter is one of the streams, the way that people come in and get connected to us. We know that we have mentor groups that do this. We know that we have ministries that do this. Some people come in and get born again and baptized as we just did a, a call for salvation and baptism. There's many streams into the church. I mean, people find us on the internet. People find us on the stream. They watch us for six months before they show up here. However you've come in, if you want to get more engaged, if you want to get more connected to us, ultimately we'd like you volunteering with us or in one of our mentor groups or ideally in both. If your time and schedule allows. And what happens is your connection point there lets us know that you're kind of in the process and you're under 
the umbrella of kind of what's going on in the church. So if something's going on in your life, there's always a leader that's going to know that if you communicate with them on a regular basis. And then you can get the care and attention you need. There's a few things connected to our process. The first one is called the Connect class. People say, how do I get involved? Well, go to the Connect class. And I mean, I like the Connect class. I worked in there for like 12 years. But the Connect class is designed to help you get connected to the church. And they teach you the core foundational concepts of Christianity and for people coming in from other churches, all things WCF. Because how many know every church has a little bit of a different way of expression, expressing the kingdom? And while there's variances, it's not always a right or wrong, it's more of an interpretation or an approach that we want to go through. So when we get to expressions, we want people to go through Connect so you understand why WCF does what WCF does. But here's, here's the thing, especially if you're new. When you have an infant a baby that comes into the world, what do they eat? Some of you don't know. Milk. Because if you give an infant, like a baby, meat, what's going to happen? They're going to choke. When you're new to Christianity, you need the basic concepts. The basic concepts, first, level foundation. If you don't have a level foundation, if any of you have done any construction, I assure you, good luck making the wall straight and the roof straight and everything else if the foundation is not level. And some people have a busted, broken foundation when they walk into this place, so we just destroy it and start over. <laughs> Our foundation is on Christ, but we want to build a good level foundation. And then you build your Christian journey on that foundation. I like to explain it to people this way. Have you ever done a connect the dots? You know, you connect one to two to three to four to five, and somewhere down around 70, the picture takes shape. But have you ever tried to connect one to 75 and then wonder why you're not getting the picture you think you're supposed to get? With Christianity, there's basic concepts and more advanced concepts. If people don't understand the basic concepts, they're going to have a hard time with the more advanced concepts. Sometimes people will ask me a question. It's an advanced concept. I look at them and talk to them, and they tell me and reveal to me that they only are just learning the basic concepts. So I have to create an idea here that's basic, and I have to link it to this concept, to this concept, to this concept to answer their question so that they gain somewhat of an understanding. And even then, it's going to be slightly limited until they can fill in all of this and all of this and all of this. And you're going to find in your Christian journey, it's like that. Sometimes concepts go over your head. That's okay. Hang out for a little while. You'll get there. We'll all get there. Okay. So the Connect class is usually important. And here's the benefit. At the end of your time in the Connect class, you can make an appointment with your favorite facilitator because there's some facilitators in there. And they will sit down with you and go over your gifts profile and your personality and make some recommendations on a good place for you to get connected within the church and they have a conversation with you they even help you with the volunteer application if you need it to get in the process so that you can start serving alongside of us and be more connected and from there we have the undercover class and the vision class but at the end of the vision the hope is that you're mature because see in christianity we go from milk to more advanced concepts we go from foundational to maturity and you should be drifting to maturity if you've been in the church five years and you're still getting offended every five minutes because someone looked at you funny we need to start maturing we see we we need to start growing up right in the faith you always want to go from 
foundation to growth. And we should be growing towards maturity at all times. If you've gone through the vision class, hopefully you have enough of a foundation that you can start operating in some maturity. But I assure you, if you're not reading your Bible and praying on a regular basis, like daily, you're gonna have a hard time being mature. Think about it, can a baby eat once a week and expect to grow to maturity? If your natural man can't do that, why do you think your spiritual man, which is eternal and will last a lot longer, can? Connect class, undercover class, vision class, they run Wednesday nights at seven. Connect runs Sunday morning at nine and the other two run at 11. We do them in conjunction with our services. And truth be told, if you've never been, I'd rather you go take the class than be here for a few weeks while you're going through our process. Some people like to come to the class and then go to the service. We do have two on Sundays, but if that's not gonna work for you, I'd rather you take the class and get the foundation. It'll help you in your journey. And then even though we lay a foundation and people start getting mature, how many know that as you go through life, there's these little things that come up that sometimes you need a little bit more work on? How many of you know sometimes you need to sit down with your financial planner and get some wisdom on how to manage your money? How many know sometimes in life you can get some coaching with your parenting skills, or maybe your marriage needs a tune-up. I've actually never met a married couple that doesn't need to talk to someone at some point about their marriage, or they live in a lot of denial. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we've put a few classes online for you, to help you, to be a service to you and the community. Now I want everyone to listen because, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe refer to this, generally 60% of what I say you don't hear. Generally speaking, when you speak, people only retain about 40% of what they hear if they're really good and paying attention. The rest of the time, your mind is drifting to other things. But generally, people only retain about 40%. So 60% of what I say you miss, but I want you to pay attention to this so we don't miss this. Now, what was I going to say? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> all of us, all of us need... All of us need assistance at times. We have put these empowerment classes online. I know what I was going to say. They all run on Wednesdays at 7, and they're designed for you. The classes are free. In other words, we don't charge people to take the class. However, a lot of the classes have a workbook or a curriculum that you need to purchase so that you can go through the workbook. So for instance, you know, the Genesis process, there's a workbook that you have to buy if you want to work through the Genesis process. Now, that class is pretty well running and full if you're a man thinking you want to take the Genesis process, you better go talk to Pastor Brian. You're already two weeks delayed. He's going to have to catch you up. You're going to need the workbook and get in. Women, there's already a waiting list. You're going to have to wait till next year. But we talked about that a few weeks ago. The Conquer series for men. Now, my, my numbers, researchers will tell you, about 86% of men view porn on a regular basis. So if I start counting off, 86% of men struggle with this. That means there could be up to 14%, and the churches are really no difference when you look at the stats, okay? It's a real world battle for men. I know women struggle with this as well. We have another class we're gonna do for women. I'll get to that in a few minutes. But we have our Conquer series for men that will help you with this battle with sexual addiction and this battle with your eyes. Now, I know most men don't have enough courage to stand up and say, yes, I struggle with this, but, and then I'll go show up at this class and maybe get some of the tools and some help and some accountability with some other brothers that can help me walk through this. So I'm going to say it to you like this. 95% of boys between the ages of 12 and 18 are already regularly viewing porn. 
So unless you have your house really locked down, parents, they're probably looking at stuff you don't know they're looking at. And I know what it's like trying to keep track of my four girls on their social media accounts and their YouTube and all their surfing and their videos, etc. And it's a lot of work for me to log everything so I can check everything. And even then, I'm sure some stuff slips through, but that's okay. They always get caught. But within that, we have a conversation. Why? Because I don't want them to fall into some of the traps the culture has for my girls or the boys. But for the rest of you, because most of you are going to be in that 14%, not struggling with this, you need to go take this curriculum because you're going to meet someone that does, and this will help you show them the path out so you can support them and form community for them to help them overcome this. So I think that every man needs this curriculum. That said, I'm going to go on to the next one, Knowing Rediscovered. It's a new class that we're bringing online so that people don't conform to the patterns of the world. It looks at the life of Jesus and why he did what he does and how he did what he did and some of the underlying reasons that Jesus did what he did so that he could bring people to freedom and you can bring people to freedom too. How many of you would like to be able to share your faith more effectively? I'm going to tell you the truth. We have a very practical evangelism class. When I teach the Word of God, I like to give people practical theology. I like to give you principles that you can apply to your life. I don't want to just give you theory. I want to give you practical things that we can do and tools that we can use. Our evangelism course is very practical, and it's specifically designed to help you share your faith with others. Not only do they teach you the concepts, they go and take you out onto the streets so you can effectively start winning some people. While I'm there, the teacher of our evangelism class over here, this young lady, and I know uh, Norma and Nadine, I think I saw them, they help her. Um, let's go here first. There was a plane in Iran that was on its way to Ukraine, on its way to Canada, that got shot down, it appears. 176 people on that plane. And you think, oh, that's over in Iran, that's so far away. And talking to people, everyone's got a political view on it. It's his fault, it's her fault, it's their fault, it's my fault. It's, listen, I'm going to tell you where this problem started. There was a guy named Abraham, and he had a wife named Sarah, and God said, you're going to have a kid, and then they waited a long time, and they didn't have a child. So instead of waiting for God to produce the promise in their life, they got into the flesh, and Sarah went to Abraham and said, hey, I have this maid, her name is Hagar, why don't you make a baby with her, and I'll take the baby to be mine. Man, that event caused the problems we have in the Middle East today. I'm not even kidding you. So Abraham, listening to his wife, created some big problems. If your wife comes to you and suggests that you go with another woman, men, <laughs> don't do it. It seemed like a good idea at the time, but man, it's not going to work out how you think them it's going to. Okay, we know there's going to be some problems in the Middle East and they're probably not going to get resolved until Jesus comes back. Okay, so let's try to keep our opinions and the politics out, but there's a, a lot of people that passed away, died, because of this. Innocent people are going to die. Some horrible people are going to die. Everything in between. Okay, and you think it's so far away, but John and Leah, they brought Hamid and S Samaria here. 
they came here to our church. They sat right over there with them. They were in our place. Why? Because they love winning people and telling people about the lost. And you know, if you love telling the lost about Jesus, you could bring some people here too before they have their appointment to meet the maker too as well. And additionally, Chris, I, I can't see with the lights. Oh, there you are. I, I heard your uh, grandfather passed away. Condolences to you as well on that. So, you know, this family, they took this family in, but then they, they were killed in that crash. So we think it's so far away, but it really affects us right here in Windsor. Okay. It's a very small planet, and God has brought the nations of the earth to us, and we really need to learn to love people. Go to the evangelism class, learn how to love people, learn how to share faith with others. You know, how many Hamid and Samarias are in your life right now that need the message of hope? And what's keeping us from sharing the love of God with them? Ladies, we have a class for you too, without rival. Do you find yourself constantly comparing yourself to other women, to others? Are you struggling to see yourself with the esteem that comes from God? Lisa Bevere wrote a book about this. Jessica's going to lead you through it to break the limits on your life because the enemy wants you to aim your swords at each other and God wants you to aim your swords at the enemy. But there's some concepts here without rival to remove the limits to get the connections we need of true identity and intimacy with Christ. Additionally, we have the wellness revelation. I was telling Mike earlier, I said, you know, A year ago, 2018, December 31st, I stepped on the scale and I said, uh-uh. So I made a commitment that I was going to drop a little bit. I did. I, I took off, uh, I was down 16, but I ended up down 12, so I lost a pound a month last year. I was happy about that. It did require a little bit of energy effort. It didn't just magically happen. If I did things as they were, I probably would have continued going the other direction, so I had to put a knife to my throat and stop eating after dark and, you know. Stuff like that. Doesn't mean I didn't live life. I still live life, obviously, but I did make some adjustments. And truth be told, okay, little adjustment made a huge difference because I was struggling with that plantar fasciitis because I have really high arches. And I noticed when I lost a little bit of weight, suddenly my feet didn't hurt so much. There's a lot of Christians that are not operating at the capacity God has for them because they don't take care of this natural temple. They don't take care of this natural body and they're tired and they're miserable and they don't have their joy level where it should be because they don't apply some of these principles. So this wellness revelation will help you to lose what's weighing you down, not just physically, but emotionally. Um, it's limited to 10 people, so if you want to take that, you need to take it quick. Go sign up quick. Um, and you can get free mind, body, and spirit. And uh, anyway, they, you can sign up for that at the Info Center and get the book, but you need to do it probably soon because it is capped at 10. This course has a workbook. Practical Evangelism does not have a workbook. Without Rival does not have a workbook. Knowing Rediscovered has a workbook. Conquer Series has a workbook. Additionally, the final thing I'll say is, if you're planning to get married, in the next season, maybe the next three to six months. 
I'm going to strongly encourage you to take our pre-marriage curriculum. In fact, I will not marry you in WCF if you have not taken some pre-marriage counseling. I won't do it. We want you to take our pre-marriage class. I'll be honest with you, the cost of it is $65 per couple. That's a steal. You can go other places and pay up to $500. Okay. But what they do is we give you an online assessment. Both of you take an online assessment. You both get a workbook. And then it compares and contrasts the two. And then you go over a 12-page report with your facilitators who help you to solve some of life's issues before they happen. I've been around a long time now, 47, since 10... So 37, 39 years in the faith, but 37 years coherent to this stuff. I've never seen a better marriage curriculum than this. It's the best one there is. And the hope is that it'll prepare you for that important step of your life. Because aside from your covenant with Christ, the person you marry is the next most important decision you're going to make. All right, enough about that stuff. There's lots of classes. There's lots of ways to get connected. That is our vision. So I want to talk about decluttering your life now. And researchers show us that people with cluttered homes are more depressed, fatigued, have higher stress hormones, you know, such as cortisol. And if we're not careful, life can get really cluttered up. Now, declutter, by definition, has to do with removing mess or clutter to organize and prioritize, to simplify or get rid of mess, disorder, or complications. I was thinking about this, even some of your non-Christian beliefs or practices, like the Chinese have one, uh, Feng Shui, okay? They understand that you have to be in harmony with your environment and yourself. Now, the way they go about it, I think, is messed up, but the truth is, we need to be in harmony with ourselves. We need to be congruent. We need to have a logical flow. We have to have some sort of agreement within ourselves. And a lot of times, there's things that clutter up our mind, our emotions, they clutter up our spirit, they clutter up our homes, and it creates incongruency. It creates this disorder inside of our lives, and it makes a big mess. And you're, you're working towards this state of, I'll call it homeostasis, where there's balance and harmony, but that's not happening for you because you've got all this stuff cluttering up over here and cluttering up here and clogged over here. And we need to relieve these. We need to straighten these things out and get rid of these roadblocks to our success. I'm not suggesting you go practice feng shui. I'm suggesting that they understand harmony. That's all I was suggesting. Okay. There's three main arenas of your life. Your natural realm, your emotional realm, and your spiritual realm. In Ecclesiastes 3.6, it says there's a time to search and a time to quit searching. But this next part is the one I want to get to, a time to keep and a time to throw away. With the natural stuff, I just, want to, I just want to hit this a little bit. And the emphasis of this series is not really going to be the natural. That's why I want to just talk about it for a minute here. But there's some natural things you can do to declutter your life. And I'm not claiming to be the Martha Stewart of decluttering. I just put down a few bullets to help you think in this direction. But if you haven't used it in a year, or you haven't worn it in a year, you're probably not gonna. It's just going to be cluttering up. Everyone will like this one, especially the one in the house responsible for dusting. Did you know that decluttering your home can reduce your housework by up to 40%? If you live in a subdivision like mine where they're still digging new houses and stuff, 
you know, you can dust in the morning and you go like this in the afternoon and you'll be like, who dusted? I dusted this morning. <laughs> oh, okay. Because it's just, it's continual dust. But all those little knickknacks that you have and all those little things cluttering up your house, guess what? They collect dust. Not even talking about how they affect us emotionally. You know, you can automate things. How many know you can automate some things? You know, in the morning, I'll get up, I'll make a tea, I'll bring a tea to my wife, I'll be meditating, I'm connecting with the Holy Spirit, I want to read some scriptures, I want to kind of quiet my mind and pray a little bit. But as I transition to the next part of my morning, I say, hey, Google, good morning. And I've programmed my Google Home, and it has a list of things that it tells me that I don't have to look up every day. The time is, the weather is going to be, the forecast. And then essentially at the end of everything I've asked it to tell me, it will put on my favorite radio station and play some nice, nice music for me. It's automated. It took me 10 minutes to set it up every morning rather than having to go click, click, click and figure this out and figure this out and then do this. I just say, hey, Google, good morning, and everything happens automatically. You can do that with bill payments. It takes you 20 minutes to set it up, but within three or four months, you'll have gained back the time because they automatically pay. The experts, they tell you, make piles of garbage and then eliminate it. In other words, then throw it out. Don't make a pile of garbage and let it sit there. You make a pile to give away and then give it away. You make a pile to sell and then sell it. You make a pile to keep and then, you know, that sentimental stuff. Remember when you were in grade two and you decided to play David and Goliath and threw the rock at the bully? And you still have that rock in your collection because it means something to you. That was the day I stood up to my Goliath. Boy, did I pay a price for it. My nose is still crooked, but that was the day. Some of you, you know, your, your toddler, <laughs> they like to paint pictures for you. If they're like my kids, man, they'd give you three pictures an hour every day, all day. And you pick it up in the fridge, and they're so proud of it. But you know, by the time they give you the next picture, they've already forgot about the last one. And I'm not suggesting you don't save some of that. I'm just saying if you save all of it, <laughs> you might have some clutter in your home. You might even need a storage unit. Some of you have enough supplies in your house to survive the next zombie apocalypse. <laughs> no, Marilyn's not here at this service, but I thanked her for giving me that stat. I have no problem with supplies. I have supplies in my house. I think it's good wisdom to have some supplies, but if you can't move in the room or you're tripping over stuff because you've got too many supplies, or you've got so much food that half of it's gonna spoil before you ever have a chance to realistically eat it. You know, one of the things that I think is a really good idea is we have Life Straw. It's a simple little thing with the charcoal filter, and I can find any water source and have a drink. So I use it when I hike, took it when we went to Africa. It doesn't matter where I'm at, I can use my life straw. It's a handy little thing, it's tiny, it doesn't clutter up my whole house, I just keep it in my backpack. Then wherever I go, I bring it with me. I'm not suggesting that things are bad or, or even planning a few days worth of food in case you get snowed in or something. I'm not saying that's bad, I'm just saying some people go way over. Like some of you could feed the whole church for a year might be a little bit much. 
Okay. So when we're looking at these natural things that create clutter inside of our life, I think what we have to understand is there's some natural things that are not in order in our life that we can bring into order. Now, I'm the type of person, I prefer my desk organized, but the truth is half the time it's cluttered. But don't touch anything on my desk, man, because, I mean, I remember one time someone came in and straightened out all my papers, and I was like, I don't know where anything is now. But right now I can tell you that that document is about six pages down there, and that's over here, that note, and this is over there. I know exactly where it's at. Ideally, every now and then I'll reset my desk to normal what I like, where it's nice and clean. Do you see what I'm saying? There's some things that stress us out all the time. Some of you can't even walk across the room in your house because you have so much stuff. We need to let it go. Do the Elsa, let it go. Release it, let it go. You know, that's one thing I really like about my wife. She is pretty good about moving stuff out. If the kids aren't wearing it anymore, get rid of it, gone, you know? We took out the Christmas decorations. We went through entire rooms in our house. We threw out like six garbage bags worth of garbage. Garbage. You know, if it's broke and you haven't fixed it in like a year, it's garbage. Let it go. You're not going to fix it anytime soon. You know, some people have all this broken stuff they're going to fix. I mean, unless that's your job to fix broken stuff or your hobby and you've got room for it, God bless you. Most of the time, it's just junk and it just accumulates and accumulates and accumulates. Why do you have 16 blenders? Well, this one broke, and this one broke, and this one broke, and I was saving it for parts, but I never got around to it, so I bought another one, then it broke, and then, you know, 25 years later. You think I'm kidding. I have gone through people's houses and emptied entire 20-foot by 8-foot by 4-foot bins of garbage. I've done it, been there. So here's the thing. Jesus was talking to the rich man, and he said, give away your stuff. Why did he say give away your stuff? Because possessions had him. He was sad because he had a lot of possessions. I don't care if you have stuff. I don't even care if you have clutter, but the truth is, most of the clutter in your life naturally is going to stress you out, and it's going to create more work for you. So when you start attacking the natural area, do it a little bit at a time. Take 15 minutes a day and start working on it. Another thing I read that I thought was pretty interesting was don't go by room because usually what happens if you go by like you're going to organize our office is the one that needs the most work right now. But if I do my office, I'm just going to shift stuff from the office to other rooms in the house. <laughs> so what they said is do all the books and then do all the paperwork and then do all the clothes and then, do, and then you go by topic and then it's a little bit easier because then you do it system-wide. But don't be afraid to let stuff go, especially if you're not using it. Bless someone with it. My wife has a rule. When she buys a new purse, she gives one away. Okay, I got to move on. I will say this. I think socks have a higher divorce rate than people. <laughs> Some of you got a stack of single socks. Just let them go. <laughs> the emotional realm. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit, and let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. We have to get rid of the things that defile our body and spirit. 
And a lot of times you got to clean up your mind because there's so many things that get in the way. There's so many things that prevent you from hearing God's voice. There's so many conversations you have going on inside your head that prevent you from hearing the voice of God. God's trying to talk to you, but you can't hear him because you have so much clutter in your mind. You can't even settle your mind down long enough to hear what God's trying to say to you. Because you go, 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 go. And do, 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 do. We have to refine our mind because your flesh is always going to follow your thoughts. So will your spirit. But where are your thoughts leading you? Is your mind cluttered? Is there some things you need to let go of? I'm going to be developing this over a few weeks. But you know, I find it interesting that we look at a topic like unforgiveness. In simplest form, you put yourself in prison to punish someone else for what they've done. Right? Penalize yourself to make someone else pay. We have to declutter. There's some things we have to let go of that are preventing us from being all that God wants us to be. In Proverbs 15, 13, 14, 15, a glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. A wise person is hungry for knowledge, while the fool feeds on trash. For the despondent, every day brings trouble, and for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. There's a contrast here between happy people and broken people. But at the end of the day, I get a sense that you get what you're expecting. Where your mind is focused and what you expect and what you believe is going to happen is what happens. And so many times people get in this situation where, well, you know, I tried to do what God said for five minutes and I'm like, yeah, that's just it because you didn't really believe it so you didn't stay with it long enough till you see the change. We have to come to the place. You want happiness? Then choose happiness and start pursuing happiness and start focusing on happiness. Everyone has the same choice every day to focus on the good things in their life or the negative things in their life. You make that decision. No one else makes it for you. You make that decision. And so many people get frustrated because they don't like the results they're getting, but then you have to stop and ask yourself, well, what am I thinking about focusing on, meditating on, and what am I making happen? Because my expectation is negative. Guess what I'm going to reap? Negative. I want to get to this next one with the spiritual concepts. Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. As a foundation to declutter your life, there's some things in your spiritual life that you've got to let go of. What are you worried about? You know, worry takes up a lot of our time, and most of the things we worry about don't happen anyways. So maybe we'll do a whole week and we'll talk about these concepts of how to declutter your mind and stop worrying so much and getting into faith. Instead of fear-based behavior, we'll get into some faith-based behavior. Instead of worrying and doubting God's promises, maybe what we'll do is we'll start activating faith in his promises to see things change in our life and have confidence that he can do that. So these spiritual concepts, these ideas, these things that we struggle with, we got to let them go. The sin will weigh you down. It's like anchors on your life. You don't need anchors when you're trying to walk down the road of life. You got to get rid of the anchors. But so many times it says the sin that weighs you down and so easily besets you is another translation. We have to get rid of this stuff is what the Bible tells us to do. But so many times we don't know how or we don't know why, or even worse, we don't want to. 
if you're trying to run, why would you want a 50-pound weight on each ankle? Unless you want calves this big. I'm not sure what the application for that is. But spiritually, we do that so many times. We hold on to so much stuff that we need to just let it go. I understand. We've all walked through some pain and some hardship in life, but you can't stay there. Jesus came to bring us freedom, so we need to pursue freedom in Christ. But if you're looping back to bondage, then you're going to get stuck. You don't want to loop back. You want to keep pursuing freedom. Heartbeat of Christianity, Jesus came to set us free. This guy named William Haney, he wrote a book, Communication and Organizational Behavior. And he talks about how people who hold a negative view or a dysfunctional self-image, right, especially um, uh, about themselves, they tend to eventually link this to their very identity. And here's the complication. So you got a guy who goes to work every day, but he has a negative view of self, so he thinks that his performance is poor. He thinks he's doing a poor job. He thinks that he's going to eventually get released because he's no good and he's not good enough and he's worthless. That's what he believes. His company, his employer, his boss, they might be thrilled with him. They might be super happy with his performance. They might be happy with what he does. But at the end of the day, what happens is he doesn't believe it inside himself. So now it creates a situation where he has to deny the experience because he can't accept the experience of maybe I did a good job because it's not consistent with his core belief. And when the experience is not consistent with your core belief, that self-picture, then he's going to feel threatened by anyone that tries to change his core belief. And he has to defend himself or he has to deny experience. When he gets to that place, you know what it creates? Rigidity of behavior and difficulties in personality adjustment. People become very stuck because their core belief about themselves is different than the experience that they're in and they can't accept the experience. But you know what this sounds like to me when people find themselves in this situation? See, when I came to Jesus, I laid that old man down. And you got to let the old man die. And then we take on the new nature. We change identities. And so many people come to Jesus, but then they want to continue living on in the old dysfunction, in the old lies. And they never take on the nature of Christ. See, God did not create you to be a failure. God did not create you to fail. He created you to be an overcomer, to be a winner. But at the end of the day, if you believe that you're a failure, you will fail. And even if people say you're successful, even if people say you're beautiful, even if people say you're wonderful, you won't believe it because it's inconsistent with your core belief. And if you don't change your core belief, nothing will change in your life ever. And you'll keep going around and around and around and be frustrated, miserable, and unhappy. I assure you. So when we're looking at some of these concepts, we have to come to the place where, you know, what does it say in Romans 8? Dear brothers and sisters, Verse 12, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. 
And to be honest, the conflict between the old and the new can prevent you from becoming all that Christ wants you to be. And you know why? Mm, frankly, you do not see yourself as a child of God. And if you can't see yourself as a child of God, how are you going to take on the new identity as an image bearer? How are you going to do that? You can't. You have to change the way you see yourself. You have to let some stuff go. Okay. Uh, stand with me, if you can. Not quite done, but... As I'm talking about decluttering your life, you know, there's some natural things we need to get working on to align ourselves with God's principle and His truth. There's some emotional things we're going to have to let go of. We're going to talk about this in the couple weeks that are following. And there's some spiritual things, the sin that so easily besets us that we have to get rid of. Get rid of the sin. But there was a missionary named Jim Elliott. And he was killed sharing faith with the people group, Aka, the Akas, down in South America. But right before he died, in his journal, he wrote down something, and then he got a revelation of something that's amazing. Here's what his journal said. He is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. He had an understanding that this life is just temporary and you can't keep it. And he was willing to lay it down to the fullest for the cause of Christ so that he could gain eternal life. Did we not read at the beginning of the service that the scriptures tell us if you give something up in this life, you're going to gain a hundredfold in the next? Didn't it talk about that? If you give up houses and fathers and mothers and sisters. In other words, if your family rejects you for the cause of Christ, God says you'll get a hundred times that in the next life. Sometimes we focus on what we don't have and we should be focusing on what we do. We're talking about decluttering. There's some natural things you can do. There's some emotional things you just need to let go of and you need to heal from and you need to change the way that you're thinking and the way that you're processing. It starts by examining yourself. Do I like myself? What do I think of myself? What is my core belief about myself? The Word of God has lots to say about who God made you to be, but do you really believe it? Because if you believe it, it's going to be evident in the way that you live, in your actions, and in your words. But too many times, there's not a consistency between what we believe and what we say. And that creates a huge problem for us morally and in practice. Jesus took the bread and the cup that represents his body and blood. It really is our covenant meal. And Father, today, as we come before you, as partakers of the covenant, your sons and daughters, because of the blood, Lord, in your brokenness, you made a way for us to become whole. In our bodies, you brought healing and you purchased it for us. Help us, Lord, to declutter our lives. If our natural world is in disorder, help us to bring it into order step by step and day by day. If we're immature, help us to take some steps towards maturity so that we can walk in love with others and we can obey your command to put God first in our lives. Lord, when we get to the emotions, 
that can be really messy and there's a lot of conflicting ideas going on sometimes. But help us to see ourselves through your eyes, through the lens of the Creator who breathed us into existence. Help us, Lord, to let go of the things that are weighing us down. Help us to change our focus to see you in the power of your resurrection, to know you. And not to focus on the things that bring us down, the things of our past that hold us in bondage, but help us to walk towards our future with you where there's freedom and wholeness in Jesus' name. representing the blood of the new covenant. Jesus is willing to give his all for you. He died the ultimate death, took the wrath of God on himself, died for the sins of humanity so that you could be restored to relationship with the creator. Father, today as we have the cup in our hand, some of us have many things to release we let go our unforgiveness and our doubt and our unbelief and our fear, our apprehension. We lay down our guilt and our condemnation and our shame and our pain. Help us right where we're at, God. As we continue to pursue you, I thank you that righteousness is arising, that our self-image is aligning with truth from your word about who you made us to be, victorious overcomers, conquerors, not just conquerors, more than conquerors. We can do what you've called us to do, and we can be who you've called us to be. So help us, Lord, to reflect your glory. Help us to share our faith with others. Help us to stand firm in our conviction about you and the world you created. Free us from our own limitations this day in Jesus' name. So, as you go out of here today, remember who God made you to be. You're made in his image and his likeness. Stop going back to the old man, letting the old man dictate how you live. Start living in the new, because you got a new nature. God bless you all. Have the greatest week of your life. We'll see you next time.